Hey, drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. I'm Jen. And I'm the other Jen. Oh, and I'm Kim. And we're the... Drunk mythology gals. Gals. That actually wasn't all that bad. I know we all said drunk at the same time. We did. And so then I had to just freeze up because it was was, like, oh, crap. I was trying to understand Kim's, like, what she was going for. I thought she's just trying to be louder than everyone. So at least pretty much (laughs) power through. Right. (laughs) She was doing a magnificent proclamation. Yes. Yes. And I was like, she's just shutting all of our nonsense down. Yeah. I (laughs) just got through the first minute of this thing. Kim (laughs) threw me off. Kim actually threw off my my raven clawing. (laughs) That's what we're here for. This is something Kate has never been able to do. Shut up. (laughs) That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) I refuse to accept that challenge. Kate's I'm just going to be over and, here doing my thing. So Yeah, she's too busy enjoying just watching Jen and I go at it. Exactly. Right. Why ruin a good thing? So anyway, yeah. speaking of good things, this week we are taking a little field trip away from uh, Greek and Norse mythology. And we are just like in school, we are going to the zoo, except it's the crypto zoo. Ooh. Yay. And why are we doing this? We're doing it because our very own Kim Alexander is releasing her book this week, The Great Yay! Shatter. Oh shit, is that this week? Wait, what what date does it hit? What January twenty-fifth. Um That's yeah. coming up? Yeah. yeah. So when this episode time- comes out, the yeah. book will be out. <laughs> That's right. Same oh day. Oh my god. <laughs> so no enjoying, no enjoying that pre-publication jitter <laughs> no it's the worst honest to god it's the worst i wish it was just out because i can't concentrate on the next one until this one is like out in the yeah. world so yeah no it's 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 very exciting and it's a real privilege to be able to put a book out in the world and yeah. um i'm looking forward to it being out in the yeah. world definitely. i'm excited <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. I pre-ordered it. I'm Thank sure you. I did. Thank you, one person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and and we're going to be doing the same with uh, original Jen uh, in March because mm-hmm. her book's going to come out in March. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. super yeah, excited for that one too. That yeah. uh, pre-publication jitter. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You tried to give me some confidence yesterday, and I was just like, "Don't believe you." <laughs> yeah, she was like, uh, anybody ever get like the pre-publication moment of, it, is this good enough? And I'm like, shut up. Nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, no one. That's no my one. encouragement. One. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our offerings to Odin. Um, I'll start with the fact that after this, uh, I have to paint. I'm I, I hate painting and I hate drywall and joint compound and all that crap. So I've I'm offering up Aww. all of the uh drywall spackle shit that is all over me. Oh despite taking a shower last night <laughs> and this morning. It's I in like places I never thought stuff. it could go. Yeah. I like, I like painting. It. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll agree with you on the whole prep to painting of having to smooth the drywall, fill in cracks, Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. of that. Tape the ceiling. That's the most important slash most annoying part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had to smooth the ceiling because it was like this weird popcorn. So first we had to sand it and then we've been Mm. filling it. It, It's – Yep. Anyway, so – I'm familiar. (laughs) The suffering is for you. (laughs) Um, I have a tax deadline that I'm like scrambling to meet (laughs) and I'm just, it's been stressing me so bad. I've been talking to OG like for like two weeks. I've been telling her like, okay, I accomplished this tiny little baby step. (laughs) I like today. I just kept getting one letter, like (laughs) every hour just a letter. (laughs) <laughs> and I just did a thumbs up. Because <laughs> I'm working down in an alphabetical list that's like a hundred entries. 
and I'm like just working my way down the list. And every time I finish a letter, I'm like, I hit this letter. I finished this letter. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that because I was like, uh, was uh, she sending you like an L or an M? Yeah, basically, <laughs> I got A and then I got B a. and then it was C. Nice. Yes. Then D. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Okay. <laughs> I offer the uh, sleep that I. Uh, otherwise might have gotten if I hadn't been a ball of nerves about the book coming out. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Oh, we I mean, I, Kate, you've read drafts, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I've I, read it's it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's it is uh, when I basically I read the first chapter and I yelled at Kim for making me feel shit. <laughs> <laughs> like god damn it how dare you access my inner pain so right? I'm offering up the crack in kate's black and brittle heart right exactly so og um i guess today it was my suffering and hunger because i lost track of time because i was doing a bunch of small tasks that i've just been like letting pile up so, for example, one of them was just to contact a Goodreads librarian, and Kim, you probably understand that. Oh, oh you might as well just punch yourself in the freaking stomach instead. <laughs> yeah, and just to find how to request a series name update, I had to have at least, it turned out to be like eight tabs open of a search yeah. through different menus that they kept sending me, and finally it was like some forum that I had to then join, and yeah. Oh it took word. me like Goodreads 45 is like a minutes. trip to the netherworld. It is. It really is. Don't yeah. talk about the netherworld like that. <laughs> Sorry. What did the netherworld so, ever do to you? Ever do to you? <laughs> so that that is, I guess, what I offered up. To Odin, so. Wow. Yeah, that, it was that's a big one. Like you're mm -hmm. offering up Goodreads to Odin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also the hunger because what she yeah. messaged to us on Discord that she was trapped because she lost yeah, track was. of time. Oh, that's right. Because her husband yeah. was on a Did you climb call. out the window? I didn't because <laughs> I was just really stuck for like an hour. We we told her to climb out a window and like go next door to her parents' house to get food. Yeah, but too bad they're gone actually today of all days. Because <laughs> my dad has to take pictures of birds. That's so awesome. Ha ha uh, has to? A apparently, according to my mom, it was non-negotiable. <laughs> you know, I love Jen's dad, so I'm I'm team dad on this one. If yeah. he has to take pictures of birds, then fine. I'm going to <laughs> you go. go with him to take pictures of birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody have any drinks to alleviate any of these stresses? I am ashamed to admit that I have tea with just some honey uh, because I'm on my blog tour today and I have another interview scheduled a little bit later this Ooh. afternoon. So oh, come I'm cheating on, on you, you wanna... with other blogs. With other you podcasts. don't want to show up sloshed to that one? <laughs> right? Hello. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that would. I have a book out. It's, <laughs> it's so goddamn good. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it might make the interview better, at least right? for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm like, Ken, I have tea. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you it write a book. book and then you're this. Uh. Yeah. So and then I have all the spoilers well. come out. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm on water because I've got to get back to this tax project when I when we finish. So I'm yeah, I can't do that. Buzzed. <laughs> oh, gee, did you ever get anything to drink? I finally did. <laughs> At like, like I can't even get water. Like like at one thirty two o'clock, I finally got to drink, and right now I have a coffee actually Ooh. because usually I have an afternoon coffee after lunch, but because lunch was so late, that's why this is happening now. And I'm sure oh. you really want to know my routine. That's very <laughs> yes. strict. Please tell us more. <laughs> we love hearing your routines. They're I know awesome. it's like wow, <laughs> your life is so well ordered. It's not though. This is like me like trying to force some kind of order into my life. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Good well, for you. The coffee is my one stable. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, the uh, new coffee maker is still going strong. Is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, it's fabulous. Uh, we'll see. Well, I've, he so, I've heard this tale before. You know, 
So uh, let's move to our disclaimer. Uh, well, Kate, uh, what are you drinking? Yeah. I said I had tea. No, oh, you didn't. I missed no, you that. Didn't. I said I, I, I had tea. I said I'm like Kim. I have tea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, you do not snuck drinking. it in there. Yeah. You have three people telling you that you did not say this. I did. No one listened to me. Surprise. You know surprise. what? The recording will, the recording <laughs> right? will prove it. The recording betting, will be our proof. I am betting six Pompeian goats that I said, I'm like Kim, I have tea. I'm I'll not, take that bet. I'm not going into that bet because. <laughs> well, but you have to write it down. So I'm betting six Pompeian goats. I'll bet seven goats that you did not say anything. Oh, yeah, all I'm, in gonna, your head. I'm gonna see the seven and, and raise you one and make it eight goats. <laughs> oh shit. Oh <laughs> wait, Kim, you're betting goats she did not say anything? Correct. Oh Same wait, with me. wait. Kim has the power against- to just bleep it out. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I have access I to the original. Out. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the original recording. <laughs> I oh my God. I I said it. So yeah, okay. So the Pompeian goat bet is on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm just abstaining from this one. I'm too far in the hole on the Pompeian goats. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, say goodbye Please to your stay goats. tuned for more exciting high stakes action and adventure. <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye to your goats, girls. <laughs> So, disclaimer, (laughs) do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, Pompeian goats, coffee makers. Forget Uh, who was trying to walk across the keyboard. Oh, dear. Uh, Cats who basically destroy your house (laughs) and eat the fish and love you anyway. So, Mm. there you go. So, shall we get started? Yeah. A long time ago, when the world was young... So we're going to start with a little bit of a group reading because who doesn't love a gal's group reading? And it's uh, going to be the blurb for The Great Shatter. Mm-hmm. Which and is- then after we read the blurb, we'll uh, talk uh, briefly uh, about what the series, what you Ex- have to expect. Exactly. And why this all makes sense. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> a unicorn walks into a bar. Except there are no unicorns or bars in the court of the Unseelie Fae, which sucks because Marley could really use a drink. (laughs) I feel you, Marley. Mm -hmm. Honestly, going from human to vampire to something not quite mortal would drive anyone to drink. Being hounded by a grudge-holding kitsune, did I say that right? You did. Didn't help either. But when the king of the unseelie fae declared Marley his queen and the hope of his people, it seemed her troubles were over and off they went to his magical kingdom in a reality TV worthy happily ever after. Except it's more hard landing than happy ending. Marley is thrown into the crosshairs of ancient hatreds where war masquerades as etiquette, shadows must beg for light. And things with tentacles are just waiting for something to go wrong. And something is going wrong. Very wrong. With every misstep, she stumbles closer to the edge of a darkness waiting to consume her. And the king's love is like a poison that can cure or kill. Her only hope is to unveil the truth, dancing in the great mirrors in the sky, even if that sky comes crashing down. Dun 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 dun. Soon to be a major motion picture. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in this because it's the third book um, yes. of the series, yeah. which is called New World Magic. When I started writing the first book, Pure, uh, I was thinking about creating a world that was a little bit like True Blood, where uh, mythical creatures from cryptozoology, which we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. live basically cheek by jowl with humans. Um, and I cheek said it in Washington. <laughs> right? Claw and fang, my scale. Um, And I said it in Washington, D.C. because I love my hometown. And you don't often uh, read books set in D.C. No. Except if there's uh, politicians and dead hookers. So I wanted to do something different. So um, the main character is Ruby, who's a bartender here in D.C. and a unicorn shifter whose name is March. We'll talk about him at length. And uh, Marley is actually Ruby's best friend. She's an elementary school teacher, English teacher. And here in D.C. And she has some real problems in the second book. She's briefly turned into a vampire and then she's turned back into a human by March because he has that power. He's a unicorn. 
And uh, she, at the end of the second book, uh, leaves to go to the court of the Unseelie King because uh, she's no longer completely human. So this book, The Great Shatter, is about her trying to get used to it. So I, I, I abandoned my main characters, Ruby and March, to see what Marley was up to, along with the king of the Unseelie Fae, who I guess we might as well go ahead and spoil it. Uh, his name is Sasha. And I want it on next- record. I didn't drop that no, spoiler this no, episode. You know what? I'm going to assume that everybody has either read the book or will forget what I've said by the time they get to the book. Because um, we don't we find our, we don't really find out his identity until the end of the second book when he admits who he is right. and that he's been looking for Marley. Um, the the Unseelie Fae are no longer fertile. And since she's part human, he's hoping that uh, they can procreate the species with Marley's help. So Marley agrees to go with him. And as the, the spoilers, the uh, excuse me, as, as the blurb says, it is not the happy ever after Marley was hoping it would be. I don't think she ever really expected it to be, to be completely honest. But yeah. it is a hard, hard row for her to go. And uh, the book is partially her, her learning to live in her new body. And it's also a very slow burn romance with her and Sasha. And it's also like a the world's most twisted travel guide to the unseelie <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like literally the world you create is uh, topsy-turvy and crazy and beautiful and dark and, you know, things have tentacles and mm-hmm. I'm down for it. Um, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I love this. I, I have to admit, I, I love this book. I wasn't going to write it. I was going to continue with Ruby and March and continue their story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my editor Carly and Kate both were like, yep. uh, "There's, there's something missing here. So you need to go back and, and write Marley's story." And then it was hard because when I began, I didn't know Marley very well. You know, mm-hmm. usually when you have a main character, you know everything top to bottom. And I didn't know Sasha very well either. And I didn't know the Unsealy Court very well. So I think doing this uh, has increased my knowledge of all three of those things immeasurably. And the next mm-hmm. book is going to be so much better for it. So I'm yeah. very glad I wrote it. I love this book. I'm this- glad you wrote Aww. it too, because Sasha turns out to be like my favorite. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm team Sasha. Same. <laughs> Samesies. Yeah. <laughs> he surprised me. Yeah. Uh, no, he turned out, I mean, yeah, there are just so many delightful details that you know, kind of pop up as you build your world. And I love it. I'm here for it. So um, I know we're talking cryptozoology and I know you mm-hmm. mention it later, but I think we should probably just do a quick definition of cryptozoology. So we're all kind of on the same page. Oh, you're going to go Professor Kate on us, aren't you? Not really. Just for a second. Just, just literally for like two sentences. So from Merriam-Webster, it's the study of and search for animals, and especially legendary animals such as Sasquatch, usually in order to evaluate the possibility of their existence. Um, I also found that the first use of the word in print was 1968, which was the same year that coronavirus first appeared in print. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. And so examples of uh, creatures in cryptozoology, um, they're called cryptids. So examples would be the Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, the Chupacabra, you know. Like that. So trolls, we talked about whatever. trolls. We, t- we <laughs> talked about this show being cryptozoology in the series. The series is New World Magic. And I gave that some thought. And it implies that the creatures we're going to be talking about are animals, uh, and in many cases, that's not accurate uh, because animals can't give consent and they aren't generally verbal or self-aware. And for most of my creatures, that's definitely not the case. And we might as well start with March because he's the most visible creature in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't accurate right. to call him a, anything other than a sentient being. He's not an animal, even when he looks like a horse shaped. And, uh, you know, he's all about consent. So uh, <laughs> right. in the books, I refer to them as, in sort of as a, a group the non-human creatures as Xenos, since that's what the fairy tale community in the books calls itself. Uh, Xeno is the Latin word for stranger, and that's where we get xenophobia or xenophilia. That's your vibe. That um, was, I, I like snuck a peek at the notes. And <laughs> when I saw that that's where xenophobia comes from. And yeah, 
it's like I was like, oh my god, that's so fascinating. <laughs> Although phobia is a Greek uh, ending, so it's like one of those weird things where it's a Latin mm-hmm. first part of a word and a Greek second part of a word. Philia is also a Greek ending too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and fuck there's the our Romans. Professor Kate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was just a chance to fuck the Romans. So. So like I said, when I began the series, I wanted a world where humans and Xenos have to figure out how to live side by side. There's, uh, It happens long before the book takes place, but they sort of all come out to the humans as one at once. Um, So the question is, would you want a Xeno as your neighbor? And if they were cute or beautiful or charming, probably, but they're not all cute, beautiful and charming. So I have vampires, for instance, uh, in my series, and they are not sexy. I mean, I grew up with Interview with the Vampire. Those are some sexy vampires. Yeah. These vampires are not. They smell like garbage. They're dead. They're going bad. And they're all batshit crazy. So, you know, if that's your kink, go nuts. <laughs> uh, we're not here oh for the kink shame. You but drive I don't think hard, any of us, at least, pardon? I said you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> <laughs> go Go for it. Uh, the other Xenos use vampires as messengers because they'll do literally anything for their blood, for a hit of blood. They are disgusting and the worst. So, and just to clarify, like, this is what Marley briefly gets turned into. Right. Yeah. She's dead. Uh, she's literally dead. Uh, her soul has left her body. She's yeah. a, a corpse walking around and she's, uh, and but she has no memory of it because she wasn't in her body. Right. And uh, so, and there's no so like carrying- blood like in true blood. No, no, there's nothing like that. Uh, so she's she's still trying to process a lot of guilt and fear and remorse and disgust, gratitude and disgust, and mm-hmm. a gratitude that she doesn't remember it, and you know, guilt because she feels she feels guilty because she doesn't feel bad because she doesn't remember it. So mm-hmm. she's she's yeah. carrying a lot of baggage uh, packed on her way to the unsealed court. Yeah, it's quite the little, just a vicious cycle that she yeah. just keeps going through. Yeah, yeah. It, poor girl. So, yeah, she, uh, I, I'm laughing because, like, yay, I tortured somebody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> poor Marley. So, I picked a unicorn shifter for the male lead of this series because obviously unicorns are the best, and I have a lifelong <laughs> obsession. Um, everybody knows the unicorn captivity, the the print. I, mm-hmm. I got a print where I got, when I went to the Met when I was a little girl when I was about ten. Uh, when my mom used to drag me to the city all the time. And a couple of years ago, I got to see all of the tapestries at the Cluny Museum in Paris, uh, which is the Museum of uh, Medieval Art, which is... Cue the accordion. Such a, I mean, one day when we're all allowed to travel to Paris again, I want to go back there and spend another three hours. My husband is extremely patient. Oh. <laughs> now take another 45 minutes staring at the tapestries. Uh, so anyway, Pure, the first book, is literally about a unicorn in captivity. He's trapped in the form of a human, and as far as he and, and the reader know, he's stuck that way for good. So you might think that a perfect person would be kind of boring to write about, but I just love March so I love March. He's he's he so, is so he's so selfish and entitled. <laughs> he is. He's like I the golden retriever puppy that destroys your house. But isn't yes. aware that it's done anything wrong because it's just being a puppy. Right. right. No one has ever said no to him ever for anything. Right. Like so, but then when the pup when the puppy destroys your house and you're like, oh, you're so bad. Let me squish your little face for tearing up my shoes. Like he's never paid for a beer. Yeah. He's never said nobody's ever said no to him because that's that's the vibe he puts out. That's the energy he puts out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he gets angry for the first time. He gets a little drunk at the bar. And he gets angry and he's like, what is happening to me? He's he's astonished. He's never had anything to be angry about before. Mm-hmm. So my fellow writers will know the special delight in taking an overpowered character and then breaking them down into little pieces to see how they react. That's that's really why we torture our characters to see what happens, you know, to see when they come through the crucible, what will they be like <laughs> on the other side of that, correct? Oh, yeah. writers. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. nothing you know, better. There's just something about, you know. March is innocent, but he's he is that Instagram influencer, you know. Hmm. Okay, yeah, like, all right. You know the the one that goes viral without meaning to because they were just doing something really cool, and suddenly you know they go viral and everybody's imitating them. Blah blah blah. 
you know, um, he's that person. And, you know, for an unchanging creature, it's fascinating to see what such a changed world does to him. And, you know, the fact that his, uh, you know, he sees a cell phone for the first time, like that's precious. He's terrified (laughs) of being in a car. He's, he's the worst passenger. (laughs) And I took that from me because I have such bad car anxiety. (laughs) It's amazing. My, my husband, St. Dion is not pulled over to the curb and literally kicked me out of the car for all the gasping (laughs) and seat clutching that I do. But if you've never been in a car before and all this metal is whizzing by you really, really fast. I mean, that would be, must be terrifying. Yeah. Yep. So he's scared of cars, but he 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 tries to get used to it. And that's Ruby, my heroine. That's something that she really has to think about and deal with. Does she love him or does he want her to love him? And that's how she's reacting because it's something he wants. So I think she's she'd like to be sure, but she's not. Mm-hmm. Right. So phase uh, Ruby, I should say, is the uh, is the only is, she's not the only human. She can't be. No, Claudio the Barback is also a human. Uh, we'll we'll look take more looks at him later on. I like him a lot too. Oh, he's but, awesome. Yeah, he's he's good. Uh, are the Fae part of cryptozoology? As you said, uh, Kate, it's the study of animals and legendary animals, mm-hmm. and the Fae aren't usually animals. Also, sometimes they don't act very well, but they're certainly legendary. Well, so Professor Kate to the rescue here. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is your fault, Kim. There's, <laughs> There's Don't not be- really a lot of Professor Kate here because I just typed our fey cryptids into Google and it fucking autofilled. Apparently, <laughs> we're not the only ones with questions. Ah. <laughs> so there's something called the cryptid wiki. <laughs> there certainly oh, is. Dear. As, there are multiple wikis for cryptids, but this one was just, it seemed the least hyperbolic, <laughs> <laughs> the least self-believing Okay. Okay. Uh, And basically, it considers fae and fairies as humanoid cryptids. And so the word fairy, um, fae comes from fairy, and fairy could just mean magical entity. It doesn't mean like little sprite with wings. Right. And like a cute little pixie cut. Um, that would never look good on anybody except like 2% of the population. I right. actually have a fae with a pixie cut in book two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and of course it and looks good on her. It looks great on her. Of course. My fae are more akin to Midsummer Night's Dream folk, the fair mm-hmm. folk, yeah. than, than like Tinkerbell. Although Tinkerbell probably would fit right into the unseely court based on sheer bitch volume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which makes you wonder, is she purposefully keeping herself small Mm. just a thought oh interesting Mm. interesting because if she went full size or even like wendy size would she be creeping on peter oh i think she's definitely in love with peter oh i know but like if she was if peter was more accessible to her like maybe she's like not doing it because she's like eh, he's still a kid this is weird Ah! so anyway maybe i'm reading that on to her Maybe that's a Patreon episode, Kate. Maybe. <laughs> so the entirety of this this book, The Great Shatter, is set in the Unseely Court. And it was a lot of fun. It was a pleasure to write about them for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's not a documentary and no one gets to call me a liar, which is why I write fantasy in general, unlike Professor Kate. Yeah, but here's the thing. I would still yell at you if you weren't disciplined about how you build your fantasy world. Like you create a world that has rules and boundaries and consistency. You think through an entire culture and you have everything from their laws to the way they greet each other and differing stations. And, you know, you have uncomfortable customs and you have fucking etymology. All of the names (laughs) work. Oh my God. And you also use complete sentences. So, Oh, you're too kind. I mean... No, do go on. I'm just saying, uh, my work as an editor, I am ruined for 99.999% of all fiction. I hate everything. 
except you for do. your stuff. So oh, thank you. We made the cut. You, did. you guys make the cut and that's it. That's it. So there were a couple of rules I decided to apply because you're right. Uh, when you're writing a fantasy world, being strict and disciplined about your rules is it's really important. Mm-hmm. And one of the rules I decided to apply is that the Fae can't touch iron. And I think we most most people knew that. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind that's of a legend. Common. Yeah, yeah. That's, I didn't that, know that until reading your series. Yeah, that, that's, that comes up a lot. Okay. Um, and as it turns out, this is really, I thought, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Iron is the only element in the periodic table that you can't either break to create energy or fuse with something else to create energy. Hmm. Essentially, it's it's a dead item. And Whoa. also, it's Isn't one- is that interesting? It, that is. Fascinating. I didn't know this. And I also- um, it's the the hardest metal to work with in mm-hmm. a smithing forge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like literally the hardest. It's the least malleable. And blacksmiths used to be seen as kind of uh, masters of magic and alchemy. Mm-hmm. And so because they could work with iron. Wow. And they would make I, I, the iron horseshoe was actually used as a symbol of protection. Oh, sure. And it would hang above your door, any portal to keep uh, magical creatures from coming in, everything from bad spirits to like fae or whatever. And I think, isn't it true that you had to have the points facing up to keep the good luck in? Yes. Like it would drain out if it was upside down? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't know about that, but yeah, it. So go check your horseshoes, people. Make sure they're yeah. side up. So the, the, fa- the magic of the Fae, in, in my books at least, is transformational. Um, they don't create something from nothing. They create things from other things. So it really made sense to me that they would not be able to use iron. And furthermore, it would be actively damaging to them. Um, the other thing I decided to include was the part where the Fae are said to not be able to lie. So I included that to include oath-breaking, which seems a reasonable interpretation of not lying. But I also let them have their own interpretation of what the truth means. I mean, the truth is means different things to different people. And that mm. that includes the characters in my book. So they, as somebody I think says, they twist the truth like a balloon animal, but they <laughs> don't out and out lie. Well, and sneaky, omission sneaky. is as much as, exactly. you know, lie, it, it's not lying because you're not saying anything untrue. You're just not saying anything. You're just not saying, right. You're not being also, helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Mis, you know, mis, misdirection isn't really lying. Uh, if things have two meanings, mm-hmm. that's not really lying. Um, it, it, so, I, I, like I said, I, I let them decide for themselves what a lie is. But in general, they won't look in your face and tell you something that's a complete untruth. Like it's it's nighttime when it's actually daytime. Mm-hmm. Although it would be nighttime somewhere. Hmm. Um, I also decided to go with the dark and light court. The Sealy court, the unsealy court is a little bit, you know, in the weeds uh, down the rabbit hole of, of learning about the Fae. The Sealy court are generally considered to be uh, less malicious. Uh, they will help you if you make a bargain with them. They'll probably keep up their end. The unsealy court would be more malevolent and are considered darker. Sometimes they're called the summer court and the winter court, although I don't really get into that. I did take the light part, both literally and figuratively. The unsealy court where, where Marley goes is dark. Um, and I won't get into what, the reason why, because that's the premise of the book. You know, that's the part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um but it was a lot of fun writing about a n- group of nasty, bitchy, cruel people who yeah. are accidentally sometimes really, really lovely to each other. Yeah, right? <laughs> sort of inadvertently, they'll say something nice. So I haven't gotten to the Sealy Court yet, uh, although that's certainly going to be coming up in, in future books. And I'm really open to suggestion how to portray them. I haven't decided. Oh, fun. I, I think they should be, like, terrifying because if if they're more beneficent, they're like mm-hmm. Hufflepuffs who decide to do what's best for the greater good. Like <laughs> they're the ones who are going to like steamroller over any opposition because it's for what is best. For what is best. Yeah. The, but, the other thing I was thinking of was making them actually nice because then we have to wonder if Marley and our friends are on the wrong side. Ooh. Mm. Oh. So, like I said, I haven't decided yeah. yet. 
I still have like two books to go before I have to make that I, decision. I know because I'm also like, hmm. But sometimes you, you take, know, I, you need this long time to figure these things out. Like it's mm-hmm. good to start early. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the idea of having Marley question if what she's doing is right or not. Mm-hmm. Has she been sucked into the wrong team? Yeah. Wow. She'd be like a villainess who get a, a reader who gets isekai into like a novel <laughs> and ends up as the villainess. And it's like, shit, I'm supposed to die in three chapters. What the hell? <laughs> it also might put uh, Marley and Ruby in, at opposition at some point, which I think would be interesting. Oh, oh yeah. especially because, you know, it. Because of things that happen, which we're not going to talk about. Right. No, no I'm just saying, but like, it, you know, yeah, they, they, they're not always, uh, they're friends who, eh, you know, getting turned into a vampire sometimes drives a wedge between friends. Well, it wasn't the, the that that she was turned into a vampire. It's that Ruby took six months to tell her it happened. Right. That's right. where, that's, that's where they, yeah, that was a wedge. <laughs> so they have had, they I mean, they love each other, like lifelong friends love each other. They know each other from college. Um, so yeah, they've got history. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm leaning, I'm kind of leaning in that direction, but I, like I said, I'm open to suggestion and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I have have some time to to play with that. Can we talk about, uh, the Kitsune? Yeah. (gasps) So I needed a bad guy. So the vampires are bad, but they're not particularly interesting. They just show up and are gross. Um, so I needed (laughs) a bad guy and I found one in my Kitsune. Kitsunes are fox spirits from Japanese folk history. Uh, they can be good or bad. They can be beautiful. They can be ugly. They're often portrayed as beautiful women, um, sometimes as beautiful young men. In my series, he's a skinny and deeply unpleasant ginger. He's a red-haired guy, and he can shift into a fox form. I keep seeing Carrot Top. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. too. Damn it. So, as we've discussed, I think... um, Damn it, Kate! Damn it, Kate! (laughs) I live across the street from the National Zoo here in Washington, D.C., and we have something called maned wolves. They actually have them here in our zoo. They're native to South America. They look like foxes on stilts. I I put a picture up. They look bonkers. And that's a wolf? That is a it's not really a wolf, but that's what they're called. Maned wolves. Okay. So they call it a wolf. Okay. (laughs) It's a fox. I will not Google the details of this animal. I will not Google the details of this <laughs> animal. It's just, an, it's just an animal. Um, they, but the funny thing about them is they mark their territory with pee, like, a lot. That is their main hobby. And their pee smells exactly like cheap weed. It oh, is my hilarious. God. When people oh, no. walk past the enclosure at the zoo, you get they get this look on their face like... Is somebody lighting up? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which in DC the answer is usually yes. Well, right. uh, just look at the expression on that mm-hmm. fox's face; like he's lit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I absolutely love these animals. They are so bonkers looking. And my Kitsune in his wolf form—that's that's exactly what he looks like. Wow. So uh, some of the details about this. Kitsune are so specific that I didn't, if I didn't include them, it wouldn't be that same kind of folk animal anymore. For instance, he carries around a lighted globe. It changes size depending on what he's doing, but he always carries it with him. And in his fox form, he keeps it in the curl of his tail. Something I didn't include is they could have up to, I think, nine tails. The younger ones would have one. And as they age and gain wisdom, they get more tails. Um, he keeps it in the curl of his tail and it carries his soul. And if you control it, you control him. So obviously he feels pretty yeah. strongly about hanging on to it. And if you cross him and try and take it from him, he will come for you. Mm-hmm. And I wrote some more notes. Uh, yeah. Kitsune will die if separated from it for too long. Those who obtain the ball may be able to extract a promise to help them in exchange for its return. So this, Ooh. this poor guy has been in all three books and he doesn't have a name. I, in my head, I've been calling him Steve, and I, that's <laughs> tragically maybe his name. And oh, no. I hear I implore you to help me come up with something better than Steve. No oh, offense to the Steves who are listening. Okay, so we're going to do a contest on yes. Instagram. Oh, name <laughs> Kim's Kitsune, 
And, and if anybody calls him Foxy McFockface, <laughs> you are disqualified. <laughs> or Steve. Or Steve. No Steves. No Foxy uh, McFockface. Exactly. Other than that, oh, no. my line's open. And, and Kim will pick a winner who will get a free copy of... Was it all three books? Yeah, I'll send you all three ebooks. There you uh, go. Wow. So I, I'm opening my instance, mes- my Instagram to you. We're going to do it on your page on the uh, on the, the drunk mythology gals, but we can cross post. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we'll, so yeah. we'll have specifics later on. But yes, if you come up, we come up with a name for this guy. I'll I'll thank you in the book in the acknowledgments and. Uh, send, I mean, who doesn't want to name a goddamn Kitsune? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That looks like so, Carrot Top. Oh, oh, why? Why? <laughs> you could have um, said any other person. Any other anyone name. else. Uh, anyone. So who else is in the book? We also have uh, Baba Yaga. She's in the first book, and we all know her very well from Slavic folk tales. She's the one that's got the hut that runs around on giant chicken legs. Well, and she also rides a mortar and pestle. Yes. We've learned that in some of the Russian fairy tales we've been reading over on Patreon. <laughs> oh, so you've got a Baba Yaga on Patreon? Yeah. she. We read Tales from the Firebird. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Yeah. and She's in at least two of the fairy tales. Yeah. And I think she's mentioned in a third one. Maybe. She doesn't, like, show up, but she's mentioned. And Yeah. Yeah. Jen yeah, does a she... fabulous voice for her. <laughs> Super but creepy. if you want to hear, you got to go over to Patreon to okay. hear. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I didn't, I tweaked that, and I put her house in sky the, the sculpture, one of the sculptures at Millennium Park in Chicago, uh, you know where this big silver bean is, because I oh. came up with the idea for this book while a couple of us, you and, and yeah. I, Kate, yep, uh, and OG, you were there too, right? Yeah, you were there. Oh, uh, we got to do it Chicago. again with me. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, Field trip to Chicago, to to wedding or something. Yeah, I had a wedding. Yeah, but we, she was there with us at the first in part. In spirit. Yeah. Yes, so yes. Her house is inside one of the sculptures, and even though her house doesn't move, she does have chicken legs herself, mm-hmm. and she's a terrifying giant old lady. Oh, uh, she's fabulous. And she's still out there, and she's pissed because she wanted March's horn. That was in the first book, which would have granted her immortality. Don't we uh, all? She's just going to live a really, really long time. In my series, there's only a very tiny handful of truly immortal Xeno creatures. Uh, so she was going to settle for his heart, which would have given her youth and beauty. And she didn't get either one of those things. So she's still out there. Oh, she's like, I placed this order six months ago. <laughs> Supply chain issues. It's sitting <laughs> out there in Long Beach Port. <laughs> we also have some Xenos who are uh, not antagonists, who are friends with Rubies. Um, one of her best friends is Shanti, who is her therapist's office manager. And we'll talk about her therapist in a minute because uh, oh, I forgot I to write her in the notes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Shanti actually happens to be a harpy. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to turn Shanti loose on any of the bad guys, but that is going to happen soon. Okay, um, what exactly is a harpy? A harpy is an eagle with the head of a woman. <gasps> oh, right. Okay, got uh, it. I got, got the it. idea from the book The Last Unicorn, which is my favorite book. I'm I've had it since I was a child. I love that book yes. so much. Uh, when the unicorn in that book is uh, held captive in a traveling zoo... The only other real Xeno in the show is a harpy. And while the unicorn and the harpy are definitely not friends, they definitely share an experience. Um, I like the idea of creatures being neutral about humans in general, Mm -hmm. because it keeps the reader from knowing exactly where their loyalties will fall based on what kind of species they are. Like Mm -hmm. all harpies might not hate humans, all this might not do that. And of course, you know, some species of Xenos probably hate each other, except vampires. I hate those fuckers and everybody else hates them too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I briefly mentioned her, uh, Ruby's therapist. Um, her name is Dr. Bell, and I got her from La Belle Dame Saint-Percy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Kate had a question about that, so I'm going to save that for later. Yep. Um, so she's a demigoddess. We've got those two. And I think that's most of the cast. Um, what uh, about, uh, can we talk about the landlady? Oh, the dragon. Yeah. I, how did I forget uh, Ta, the dragon? Ta I don't is, know. Uh, Ta, uh, Ta is uh, my uh, manicurist, and I wanted to put her in the book. So I made, the, made her the off, the uh, building manager of Xeno Housing. Xeno Housing is whatever you see an abandoned building in a nice neighborhood, that's where the Xenos live. They're enchanted so that you're not tempted to walk up and look in the window or anything like that. And there's a very large <laughs> one in my neighborhood at the end of my street, and everybody walks past it and goes, God, wh- why is this apartment building sitting empty? 
it's a block from the National Zoo in one of the most expensive neighborhoods in town. Why is it empty? It's because that's mm-hmm. where Zeno housing is. So in this book, uh, Ta, the dragon, is, is an office manager. Wow. <laughs> uh, an apartment manager of this building. And and she, you nailed it. Like it, the most up building manager building manager that ever managed a building. It's fabulous. <laughs> I love Ta. So The Glass Sword is uh, book four. That's to the tentative title. And that's out of the Unsealy Court. It's partially back home here in D.C. And we pick up where we end up, ended off at the end of book two, The March Effect. Ruby's at the bar. And that's all we're going to say about book four. So book three, The Great Chatter in the Unsealy Court comes out January 25th. And Yay. I believe we'll be right back with questions and shit. Yay! Now return to the Trump Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. So I have questions. Oh, good. <laughs> good. No, I, I legit have questions. And this is so rare because most of the time when I read stuff, I'm like, no one did their goddamn fucking research. <laughs> but here I actually have uh questions. So I remember a long, long time ago trying to slog my way through Sir Walter Scott's The Fairy Queen mm-hmm. and basically wondering where the fairy queen was. I'm like, what a, what the hell are these knights doing going around like whatever? But I probably just wasn't quite ready to embrace late t- 16th century pedantic epic poetry with pseudo-Arthurian purity classes. But whatever, right? French accordion. <laughs> I'm writing it down. I'm not wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, did I? I believe La Belle Dame Sans Merci mm-hmm. is in there. So you know, did you take inspiration from Scott on that, or did you find no. her somewhere else? Uh, the the poem itself is by John Keats, mm-hmm. and uh, that character came from the poem itself. Okay, and uh, where she and the knight are, are having the conversation, and he's. He's like, I came upon a sleeping maiden and I crowned her brow and the, the sedge was withered and the birds were gone. And in fact, Belle and March uh, quote that poem in pure. Okay. Um, it's it's not a super long poem. The uh, the one you're talking about is uh, the knights going yeah. through all their purity quests and whatnot. Like you said, I didn't get anything from that. Uh, the, I just took really more from the pre-Raphaelite art. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's quite a lot of art of the knight and the lady, and she's in fact got a uh, one of them hanging in her own office because it remind I guess it reminds her of the old days. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a family photo for her. exactly exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the answer to that question is no. I didn't get anything from that particular poem. Okay. But I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Right. I do. So, see? See? Um, Kate, so- you wrote down a question next that I have too. Can I ask it? Yes, you can. Okay. So, I've asked, I've had to ask this similar question to OG talking about the nine realms mm-hmm. in Norse mythology. Where are the courts? Because I naively asked OG once, like, can I travel there? And she's like, um, no, but. Well, only, only one of them. And that's the one we're in right now. And okay, it's so- called Midgard. Yes. I get a gold sticker. You get on I-95. <laughs> take the inner loop of the Beltway 495 to the Georgia Avenue exit and you get off and you head south. No, uh, the courts, <laughs> as you as you suspected, I think, are dimensionally adjacent. Um, Ruby takes a uh, an Uber ride. Uh, the, the king has a, an Uber driver that shuffles mortals back and forth to his court. But uh, I don't I don't think you can probably get there by you know, just walking around and trying to find it on Google Maps or right. on your GPS. But yes, I would say that uh, they are dimensionally adjacent to us and to each other. So okay. it, it's kind of like where they, um, you know, the whatever vehicle the mortal is in kind of veers off dimensionally, like mm-hmm. sideswipes the other dimension, drops off the other person and like comes back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like there are some moments where you're describing things and I'm like, huh, you know, it, it's just, it, it really forces you to 
stretch your brain. <laughs> <laughs> My job here is done. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's it's amazing. She actually does when she takes her Uber ride to the court. Uh, she actually does take the beltway to an exit, but then they exit off of our mortal plane yeah. to a different plane. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like your building, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I feel like they're they're layered on top of each other and can be accessed if you know how to get there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fascinating. And Okay. And you were saying the soul ball for the mm-hmm. Kitsune is actually yeah. part of the legend? Yes. It holds a portion of its magical power, and uh, it sometimes pictures as a pearl or a precious stone. Um, but a, a lot of the art, you'll see it's got it, particularly in the curve of its tail. Um, and I, I made use of that because uh, I needed something to uh, be able to bargain with it. Yes, it does glow. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sparkle, but it glows. <laughs> and he can he can hide it anywhere where he thinks it'll be out of sight and nobody can get to it and he's proven mistaken. Although okay. in the lore, he sometimes does hold it in his mouth. Well, and it it has to, does it have to be physically near him when he hides it? Yeah, it has to be physically near okay. him. He can't be parted from it for too long okay. or he'll die. Um, well, according right. to legend, that's, that's the okay. story. And so aren't Kitsune also kind of a, a trickster figure too? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to take issue with the, the maned wolf thing. I just, <laughs> I, Fenrir would be offended that this thing is called a wolf. <laughs> just... that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think so. This evil trickster thing, yeah. this manipulative little. He, he is oh, pretty it's awful. He's a fox. He's a fox. He's a fox. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he changed it but to main fox. But the zoo oh, animal... He, he's called a maned wolf. Uh, yeah. yeah. The actual Darn animal it. at the is zoo... A, is a wolf. Okay, is a wolf. I'll, I'll change it. <laughs> and <laughs> My poor Fenrir. He, he definitely looks more like a fox, although they're quite large. They're surprisingly large. Really? They're like, yeah. yeah you know, so, it, it is yeah. interesting. They're, they're bigger than dogs, much bigger than dogs. Wow. Okay. Wow. It it is interesting because like I, when you read books that have like wolf shifters in them, um, wolves are big, but they're not necessarily as big as people write them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Correct. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. like an oversized German Shepherd. Sure. Okay. Uh, something that is eye level with you. Nah. Not. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> Actual they they can be quite large, but they definitely wouldn't be eye level with you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. a shifter wolf. That yeah, I mean, like I it's not a documentary. I mean, it can be right, anything yeah. you want it to be. You're right in the book. Yeah. Right. I mean, you you get artistic license there. Although if you want the wolves to pass, you know, like people not look twice at them if they run by. Oh, you know. okay. mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a logical gap yeah. there. That's all. Mm-hmm. You, like, you. For me, I fail with that with, with my wolf shifter. Definitely too big. <laughs> but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Because Fenrir can do no wrong. <laughs> Why? Because it's your book. Well, yeah. And also mythology. I have exactly. that to back me up. <laughs> okay, ah, there you go. Well, and he's not exactly trying to pass as a normal wolf. Like, No, it, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> He's Very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no winning there. <laughs> exactly. So he's just doing his thing, like you know. But I read all these. I've, I've read all these like shifter stories where it's like, you know, he transformed into this giant wolf, and I'm like, but, but. And then like someone sees them running through the forest, and they're like, there were wolves in the forest. I'm like, uh, yeah, giant ones. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, wouldn't somebody get interested in that but i mean that's yeah. the level of detail that kim thinks through in her books and jen thinks through in her books because it, i i don't feel like being ragey and throwing things when i read yeah. them it, it just appears that way with me <laughs> no it's definitely got them all fooled i trained you well you did yeah i mean i always have your voice all the time like I have Burned into your brain. Gonna, yeah, you're going to yell <laughs> I, at me. I, I fixed the wolf thing. 
and, and yeah, like Kate in your brain to the point that she comes out as characters in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> so much fun. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, you sh- you should. Uh, I don't care how you meant it. I will take it. <laughs> it's a compliment now. That's right. Kate, have you had a draft of the of OG's new book yet? No, I'm waiting. <laughs> I will send it to you. Samesies. So, yeah. Then, then you can see how I've preserved you. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's a height-challenged character. <laughs> when the the when I came home from college the first one of the and the first time Jen was taller than me, I was like, God damn it. I, yeah, you were pretty mad. <laughs> I was. I'm I remember. furious. <laughs> but it was your decision to leave. You so know, I'm still it not was your decision you. to grow. <laughs> and this is why you're very ragey in this book. <laughs> Uh, you There's know, so many characters. I'm like, ooh, I bet that's a Kate character. Ooh, I bet that <laughs> one's a Kate character. You know what? I'm just going to say I am Jen's book. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, I think you're all of our books. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Your thumbprints are everywhere. <laughs> oh, my work here is done. So. <laughs> yeah. So this has been fascinating. Yeah. And disturbing. Yes. Yeah. Nobody has and any alcohol, though. So no. nobody's drunk. And no. also, Kim, is there anything that we should be aware of for like when this episode releases with your book? Like, are there going to be any blog tours or other things that we can like find you, like where we can find you? Oh, just I, if you look at my website, everything is there. I don't have stuff like in front of me. So just KimAlexanderOnline.com and anything you need to know about me is there. Cool. And we'll add and, all the links and everything. Yeah. Every, yep. All the links will be on the front page for sure. And books they can, I know I've purchase them on Amazon yeah. anywhere else that needs a plug for where to go well, to get thank them. you thank you for asking uh, <laughs> this this series new world magic pure the March effect and now the great shatter uh, the links to buy are all on my website they are available wherever books are sold uh, and they're available through scribed if you'd like the audiobook that's where the audiobooks and the regular books are both available cool. uh, the great shatter is on probably I guess it's not on pre-order anymore on Amazon but uh, it is for available on Amazon. The other books are available everywhere. But uh, basically, like I said, Kim Alexander online. Click the link, buy the book, leave a review. We love you. <laughs> Yay! There you go. That's Especially how it works. if you want to go on Goodreads. <laughs> and oh, leave a good I'm not going there. there. <laughs> yeah, stay away. <laughs> so next week um, mm-hmm. might be Medusa. Ooh. Uh, might be? It might be. I'm working on it. Um, okay. it, there's a lot of Ovid. Oh, that's damn. all I'm going to say. Sorry. Yeah. So see the soft boiled one. Yeah. Soft, I pay uh, attention. Yeah. The soft boiled, he's the soft boiled motherfucker. Got it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we'll see, but I think it's going to be Medusa. If it's not, then you'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's it for us so don't forget to add yourself to our social media scrolls you can find us on instagram at drunk mythology gals and that's where we're going to have the contest for name that kitsune uh help me please (laughs) and you can win all three uh ebooks of kim's new world magic series yay so yeah help me out yeah (laughs) anything but steve (laughs) or foxy mcfox Fox face. Fox face. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Foxy McFox face. <laughs> and it just. It, well, that yeah. might be what they call him behind his back. Yeah. Pretty oh. much. <laughs> uh, so you can also find us on Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. Or on Facebook at Drunk Mythology Gals. Or on the web at DrunkMythologyGals.com. On Patreon at Patreon.com slash Drunk Mythology Gals. Or you can drop us a line by email, gals at drunkmythologygals.com. And yes, I'm still checking two email accounts. Damn it. 
<laughs> and uh, special thanks, as always, to Sound Effects Kim, Kim Alexander, who is also here with us today. Thank you so much for having me today. This was so much fun. Oh, my God. Whenever I really, you really come appreciate on, it. It's like it's a super special treat. So Aww. and yeah. thank you for I love you guys uh, trolling love us. You hags. <laughs> we love you. And, but I'm the uh, favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm the favorite. We'll see. I'm the favorite. She told me in her letter for Christmas. I have my letter saying I'm the favorite. You know what? She lies. She's not a fae. She lies. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> so thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, my Uber's here. Let's go for a ride. Oh, oh, you know what? Let's take this shortcut off the beltway because traffic's a bitch. And wow. What was that a tentacle? <laughs> Finally, always remember if the gods and Fae can behave badly, then so can you.